Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian. I'm the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher and educator, and my goal here is to provide you, the yoga teacher, and other listeners with interesting, compelling content designed to pique your interest in teaching help you grow as a teacher, and support you on your path to sharing this wonderful practice with your students. I've been teaching for over 14 years, and through my classes, workshops, online courses, books, and other content, I focus on the anatomy of yoga and how teachers can learn this complex subject and present it to their students in an understandable way, all designed to help them bring more impact to their teaching. Even though we're not in the same room, I want you to envision for each episode that we've sat down for tea in a cozy coffee shop. Some days we'll talk about technical teaching topics, while some days we might have a teacher friend join in on the conversation, and other days we'll face some of the personal challenges that can come up when we take on the journey of being a teacher, knowing that the more authentic we can be, the more we can impact others. For more information about my products and programs and to contact me at any time, just visit my website at barebonesyoga.com. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 32. I want to start out by thanking you so much for listening, and I want to welcome you back to the podcast if you're someone who's listened before, and welcome you for the first time if you're a new listener. I want to start out by acknowledging and thanking a particular listener, Kalia Murray, all the way from Australia, and I know many of you are listening from different places. Um, when I say all the way, I mean all the way when I think of how far away she lives from me here in Boston. Um, and I want to thank her for commenting on my last episode. In that one, I talked about things that I used to believe as a new teacher, which I later found out were just beliefs and not truths. And I found that out really just from living an experience. Kalia wrote that you touched on so many points that I've encountered myself and it was like having a cup of tea with you, which is exactly the vibe I want to convey with the podcast. So thank you, Kalia. I appreciate the feedback and I hope that I'm pronouncing your name correctly. <laughs> Sorry if, I'm, if I mispronounced uh, it. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about feelings a bit. And I know this is supposed to be a podcast for yoga teachers and conversations uh, for yoga teachers. So, of course, we talk about teaching-related subjects. And because I specialize in anatomy, a lot of the episodes cover anatomy. So you might be scratching your head thinking, what is going on? She says we're going to be talking about feelings. Well, stay with me on this one because part of what I'm realizing as I work with teachers on this challenge of learning anatomy, as well as do my own personal development work in different areas of my life, is this. The way we feel about a particular topic can impact our ability to learn it. I'm going to say that again. The way we feel about a particular topic can impact our ability to learn it. So just kind of sit with that for a second or two. 
So I'm going to give you an example, tell you a little story here. So let's take math, for instance. I kind of feel like, and you can tell me what you think uh, in the comments. I kind of feel like there are the people that love math and people that hate math. And I kind of feel like there's not a lot of middle ground here. I myself have vivid memories of sitting at the dining room table with my dad when I was a kid and he was trying to teach me a math concept or helping with me with my homework and I was so upset and frustrated and I even remember crying a few times. So what happened? Well, I developed into one of those people, I grew up into one of those people who hate math and think they can't master it. So fast forward many years and here I am running my own business. Well, you can certainly bet that when you run your own business, you not only need to know math, but you need to be able to understand numbers, how they relate to one another, percentages, work effort, different metrics that are helpful to follow and on and on. So I had to change my relationship to math and I did. In fact, as it relates to my personal finances, I even wrote a love letter to money, which I keep with my finance files, and I read it every once and again. And I promise you, friend, having a healthy relationship with math and money is super important. So let's go back to the original idea, this idea that I think you can see if you have a particular feeling about a particular subject, it's going to impact your ability to learn it. So let's shift this idea to learning anatomy. I almost kind of hate to drill down to something so specific so soon, but I think once I drill down, I can go back up a few notches and bring it back to the big picture. So let's, let me try. When I first, uh, or when I recently started uh, teaching a 200 hour training group with about 30 new teachers, and I was doing the anatomy portion of the training, I started out by my first session by having them sit and meditate. I just kind of guided them through a basic meditation. And I asked them while they had their eyes closed to think of their first reaction to the following question. And you can do this yourself. When you hear the word anatomy, how do you feel? When you hear the word anatomy, how do you feel? Now, I'm not asking you, what do you think? I'm not asking you at the level of logic. I'm asking you, what do you feel? So in your gut, what do you feel? When they opened their eyes, I went around the room and I got their feedback and it fell in line with exactly what I thought. They said things like confused, scared, overwhelmed, details, worried, things like that. Now, if that's how you feel about learning anatomy, how do you think you'll be when you actually try to learn it? Like at an identity level, are you like I was when it came to math? Do you think that you're one of those people who just can't learn it? In fact, I remember one of the teachers said, I'm just not science-minded. Just not science-minded. Now, that's an identity issue. If you didn't like science as a kid and consider yourself a quote, non-science person, then how do you think you're going to feel when you're in a teacher training program trying to learn anatomy? Now, why does all this matter? Well, if we're going to head into teaching yoga and we agree, I think we can all agree that it's a movement practice 
And therefore, we should understand even just the basics about anatomy. We've got to bring these biases out into the open and admit them. So let me share how this might even show up for you and how I think it shows up for my students sometimes. And when I say students, I'm referring to yoga teachers around the world who have enrolled in my online learning program on anatomy. What often happens is they invest in the program and are gung-ho at the start, but then the enthusiasm fizzles. They set it aside, things come up, a few months go by and I check back in with them and they sometimes say to me, I'm not sure I'm cut out to understand anatomy. So this usually results in a few conversations about ways to make time for the learning in their busy lives. I mean, let's face it, we're all busy. And also ways to work through those feelings. Because at the end of the day, you can invest in all the training in the world on anatomy. But if you don't think you have what it takes to understand it, you just won't retain it. So before I get into some steps you can take, should you be listening and feeling like you're one of those people that just can't learn anatomy, let me say one more thing about this from a high level perspective. At the end of the day, your willingness to learn anatomy, even despite concerns you have about the subject, is really up to you to take on. There are no yoga police who will check to see if you know it, no test you need to take to prove you know it, no job you'll be denied to teach a class if you can't prove you don't know anatomy. But there is the idea of integrity. There's the idea of knowing what you know to an extent that you can explain it and own it and teaching from that versus teaching with words and phrases that you heard and you're not really sure that they're right. Now, is this a life or death thing? Of course not, but it's a matter of integrity. Are we saying what we know to be something we can back up with information or are we just repeating what we heard? Now, you may be listening thinking, my God, she is really making a big deal out of this. Who cares if I pick up a cue from another teacher and use it and I'm not really sure of the anatomy behind it? Well, I'd say it is a big deal because as teachers, what is our main way of teaching? Cues. What we say is really everything. It's the main way we teach, the main way we offer instruction over anything else we might do, like demonstrate, oppose, or assist. So our word should be impeccable, right? If you've ever read Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, your word should be impeccable. Now, does that mean we know it all? No. Does that mean that sometimes we don't get things right? Yes. But at the heart of it, we're only saying what we know from our learning and what we can stand behind if a student asked a question about it. So let's get down to some specific ways you can address learning anatomy should you feel like it is just not your subject. And even if you feel like it's your subject, maybe you haven't really taken a, a dive into it and these next tips will help you as well. So the first thing is focusing on applying anatomy to yoga because hello, we are not using this knowledge to perform surgery, right? It kind of reminds me of when I recently re-upped my CPR training and people were asking all sorts of complicated questions about 
what if I happen upon the scene and, you know, what am I supposed to do if there's an open wound and that kind of thing. And the police officer that was teaching the CPR class, he was like, look, people, we're not asking you as first, first responders to, you know, assess the person at a deep level. We're just asking you to do something super basic until professional help arrives. And so this is kind of the same idea. We're scoping out for us as teachers what we need to learn about anatomy. So we need to keep in mind that we're learning anatomy to apply it to yoga. Because anatomy is such a big topic and the central component for medicine, the reasons to learn anatomy can range from someone studying to be a physical therapist to someone learning to be a massage therapist to a yoga teacher. And as teachers, we have a specific set of topics within the broader subject of anatomy we need to learn in order to be effective teachers who provide correct and clear cues to our students. So one fundamental principle in anatomy, regardless of profession, is anatomical position. And everyone from medical students to yoga teachers to physical therapists should understand this home base of postural shapes. In this position, we stand with our feet at hip width, with our hips level, with palms facing forward and hence centered over the body. As teachers, we can assess basic posture in our students from anatomical position, but we can also call back to it as we teach and pull from it key qualities that we'd wanna see in other poses too. So as we have students stand in that first Tadasana, which FYI is anatomical position if the feet are at hip width, not if the feet are together, we notice that the head is center of the body. But what happens as soon as we bring them into that first plank pose? Well, because everybody's looking at their phone so damn much, their head's probably gonna droop. And so we need to call back to the quality of the head position that they just had a second ago in Tadasana. We want them to maintain that even as they're in uh, plank or low push-up or a lot of other poses where they're either facing the floor or tipped to the side like triangle pose. So understanding the basics of anatomical position gives you a lot of things as a teacher you can cue to, and it's based in anatomy. And because in this part of the conversation, I'm talking about the genesis of it, the, the where it begins from, you fully can own the knowledge and you fully can explain if someone says to you, hey, why are you constantly asking us to, you know, align our head when we're in plank. You can go into this conversation to explain it rather than just saying the words. So one thing you can think about is to look at the key parts of the body, not every part, right? So rather than having the scope be everything. And this is, I think, one of the challenges with looking to social media and looking to free content as a way to learn anatomy. And I have you know, a number of people that come to me uh, most recently, when I opened my uh, enrollment for my online learning program for anatomy for yoga teachers, I had people write and they said, hey, you provide so much free content. Why don't I just use that to learn? Well, I mean, you can. Certainly my free content, I think, is honed in on just what teachers need to know. But it's really hard to piece together a learning program from free content. And in fact, much of the free content out there on anatomy for yoga teachers in my opinion, goes into way too much stuff and detail and doesn't do a really good job of presenting it in a simple way that you can share with your students. And that I think can be one of the challenges. So one of the best ways to hone in on learning anatomy for yoga 
versus other professions is to focus on the specific things we need to know. Even within these categories, it's necessary to hone in even more on the key aspects within each category. But this will start to make learning anatomy much more manageable. So if you're sitting there and you're feeling overwhelmed, like how am I gonna tackle this? Focusing on the key parts of the body is one way that you can start to make this understandable and doable for you. Now, an example of this is you'll need to learn major bones of the body, although to start, breaking down all the bones, for instance, in the hand or the foot won't be necessary, right? So we're starting right out of the gate to say, if we're going to look at learning bones, right, we're not going to ask, I'm not going to ask teachers that run through my program or when I teach anatomy in person as part of a 200-hour program, I'm not asking teachers to, uh, to know every bone in the hand, every bone in the foot. So another thing you can do to hone in more is to look at muscles in poses. So once you've built a good understanding of the key parts of the body, including major muscles, now you're ready to review the muscles as they work in poses. So first you're gonna to need to understand a little bit about how muscles work and how muscles can play different roles. Sometimes the muscle is doing the thing, right? It's creating the action where they're acting as an agonist and sometimes they resist the action or moderate the rate of that action where they're acting as an antagonist. This is the framework for a list of things to note about each pose and to start to build the basis for the anatomically based cues you can offer, which will be correct because you'll have the necessary anatomy knowledge under your belt. Bam, right? So an example, in Warrior One, you're using your psoas to flex the hip on the bent knee side, and you're using the gluteus maximus to extend the hip on the straight leg side. Now notice I didn't say glutes, right? There's tons of classes out there where people refer to the glutes. The glutes are not one muscle. The glutes are three muscles, and they do different things. So if you wanna teach your students about the difference in the muscles that comprise the glutes, and even help them understand that there are three parts, you have to know what the three parts do. And a great way to get into that is not to stand there and lecture them, because who wants to have that in your yoga class? But a perfect opportunity is in a pose to refer to the muscle that's doing the thing. So in Warrior One, you could throw in there uh, on the straight leg side, your gluteus maximus is a big muscle that extends your hip that's what's happening on that straight leg side, right? So that's just a simple way to add a little nugget uh, of information about anatomy into your class. So step three, another piece here that you can do to try to get your hands around this big subject is to look for specific ways that you can share anatomy with your students without overwhelming them. So I just give you one example there. And, you know, just keep in mind, just as you don't understand, don't enjoy the feeling of overwhelm that comes with learning anatomy, students are certainly not going to appreciate being overwhelmed by tons of anatomy-infused cues. And, you know, certainly I have, by my own examination of my own classes, been at fault here. And so I definitely try to balance things out between the somatic, the sensory, the quiet time for students, uh, the alignment cues, the action cues, and the anatomically-based cues. And if you've listened to or watched my webinar on cues for yoga, you know about the four kinds of cues that I teach and how I classify cues. And so I've, um, I have made a concerted effort to, effort to balance things out. 
Although at the end of the day, I focus on anatomy in my teaching. And this is something that I hear from teachers that are newer, which is they're worried that their classes, if they really teach in a way that resonates with their authentic self, that those kinds of classes are going to exclude certain students who don't connect with that style of teaching. Well, you know what, guys? I have news for you. You are not the teacher for everyone. Neither am I. None of us are. And the hardest thing to do and, and for the long term, the least successful approach to take is to teach in a way that tries to garner you students and, you know, people on the mat. You have got to own the kind of teacher you are, and that is your focus, right? And so, of course, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're on my VIP mailing list and you consume my free content as well as maybe you're enrolled in one of my uh, online programs, you know that this is my focus, right? And so I'm probably not going to be the kind of teacher who attracts teachers from a learning perspective who want to talk about the chakras. Now, does that mean I don't talk about the chakras in my classes? Not that much. Every once in a while, do I know about them? A little bit, but I'm no expert. And I'm certainly not going to go into a class and start to spout off things about the chakras and energy work, because that's not my area. So does it bother me that some students who are into that won't come to my class? No. Right? Of course not. Does it bother me when people drop off my mailing list? Of course not. Right? I want to attract people to connect with me who feel that I present information that can be helpful to them. And I would suggest that the more work you do on a personal level to really own your authentic nature and express that when you teach, the more enjoyment you're going to get out of teaching and your class numbers will grow organically and they'll be with students who are long, who become longtime students. So back to this idea of looking for specific ways you can share anatomy with your students. And you know, we don't want to overwhelm our students. So one example is you could weave an anatomy lesson into your teaching by cueing to the rectus abdominis. And this is an abdominal muscle that can help level off the pelvis in lunges. So if you think of the pelvis like a bowl, right, and we think about tipping it forward or tipping it back or having it be level, like if you were standing in an anatomical position, and then we think about what muscles connect the pelvis, and we kind of, if you have your hand on your, or your finger on your belly button and you travel down a little bit, you get, you'll get to your pubic bone, and it's in the front, the piece or the part of the pelvis where the two pelvic bones join. Right? And so there's a muscle that runs from your sternum, your breastbone, all the way down to your pubic bone, and that's the rectus abdominis. Rectus, keeping you erect, abdominal in your abdomen. And oftentimes when people come into a crescent lunge, the pelvis tips anteriorly, it tips forward. And in order to lift the front edge of the pelvis up, we have to cue to the belly button to engage, to make that muscle the agonist, to contract those muscle fibers so that it can pull uh, the insertion closer to, it can pull the pubic bone closer to the sternum. Okay, so it can lift the front edge of the pelvis up. And so that's an example of a way you can share some anatomy with your students in a really understandable way. So, there are a number of other steps you can take to make learning anatomy easier. And I just gave you three. 
I created a free download for you that lists them all out. There are 10 that I identified. I want you to go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, right on the homepage, right around the middle of the page, depending on if you're looking on your phone or on your desktop or your big screen, right around the middle, you'll see a message, I help yoga teachers by making anatomy fun and easy to learn. You click right there, you're gonna get the download to download. And it'll walk you through a learning plan for tackling anatomy. From there, if you want, contact me directly at karen at barebonesyoga.com and I will set up a half hour free consult with you to develop a customized learning plan. So we've reached the end of the podcast today. And a few things before we wrap up please leave a comment and write a review on YouTube's, on YouTube's, on iTunes. It really helps support the podcast and gives me great feedback about what's working and what's not working. So take a moment, if you're listening on iTunes, just click review and send me a note or write a review and I'll take a look at it. And don't forget to download that free list of tips for learning anatomy. So I want to thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Namaste.